and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about toxic productivity. And yes, I realize that I'm throwing the word toxic around a lot lately, um, but I think it's important that we call out the ways that we tend to justify our habits that may actually be causing us harm and feeding our burnout. You know, when we think about this example in particular, productivity, productivity sounds like a good thing, right? It's good to get things done. But as high achievers, we already generally tend to overdo things, to overwork. And of course, too much of anything is not good for us, hence the term toxicity. So possible. How is it possible that productivity is toxic? Productivity is toxic when we put more emphasis on doing than we do on being. When we're so fixated on accomplishments and busyness that we can't actually sit still. We push aside moments of rest and play and contemplation and relaxation. And we're always chasing that dopamine hit that comes from doing stuff those dopamine surges that are fueled by people-pleasing, perfectionism, getting praise, earning awards, that kind of thing. And that makes it all really difficult for us to actually take pleasure in rest or relaxation and play, which are all really critical to our well-being as humans. Anybody think this sounds familiar? So for me, I can recall so many times when I was constantly running around I was making lists all the time. I was also often running out on errands where I needed to pick up like one thing. And that thing wasn't even really important in the moment, but in my brain, it was something that I could do and check the box. And the time that I think this was kind of the worst for me was when my kids were pretty young and I was constantly in the car. I was, you know, driving from the house to daycare drop off, then to work, errands, and then pick up. Uh, I think I usually ate two meals in my car during those times and just driving around from here to there, you know, doing all of these things. I have lots of little notebooks around that were filled with checklists. And of course, the notebooks were scattered all over the place. There was one in my purse. There was one next to my bed. There was one on my desk. Um, and of course, it's not really very helpful to have lots of little notebooks with your checklist. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed, but I, I didn't stop doing all of the things. And I didn't really think there was a choice going on. All of that busyness felt really necessary. And we're going to talk today of, you know, at least a few reasons why this becomes an issue for so many of us and really unpack them a little bit. So first off, we have a cultural bias towards doing. This is true in society in general, but also in medicine. So think back to when you were a medical student. You did not want to be seen just sitting around somewhere. Not going to do it. 
if you were admitting a patient and you were researching something that you were going to present on rounds, you were helping, you know, uh, the residents or, you know, maybe the nurses, you were practicing one-handed suture ties, you were doing things constantly. You didn't take rest. You, you know, like you filled in your downtime. So, you know, from a very early time in your medical training, you had these experiences where you, you felt compelled to keep busy. And of course, as I mentioned, this occurs outside of medicine too, right? So when you do get out of clinic or out of the hospital, then you might be running off to train for a marathon or dropping your kids off and then taking a Zoom meeting from the car. This constant busyness is all around us. And it can seem really shocking to us when we actually see someone who's not doing anything. Think of the last time that you were, you know, maybe at a park and you saw someone laying stretched out on a blanket, not doing anything. And, you know, if you could just think to your thoughts, you know, like, oh, I could never do that. Oh, what are they doing? They're not even reading. Um, you know, just it's, it's confusing to some of us. So another thing that feeds this drive towards doing is comparison. As humans, we compare ourselves to other humans all the time. But when we're high achieving humans, the groups that we compare ourselves continue to be more and more amazing, more and more accomplished. I was reading a book yesterday and they were talking about entrepreneurship and she was talking about how we often feel a lot of urgency in our businesses. And she said, but we aren't brain surgeons. And it's true, I am not a brain surgeon. But it's also true that brain surgeons are my colleagues. I attend professional events where I might be surrounded by brain surgeons and oncologists, people who are literally curing cancer, not rocket scientists, right? Which is the other field that gets sort of elevated up there. But if you're in medicine, you are literally surrounded by high achieving, high functioning human beings many of whom also have the same built-in bias towards achieving and doing. So the stakes are really high. And in an effort to not come up short, we often strive to do more ourselves, personally or professionally. We might go and get another board certification, you know, add some extra letters after our name. We might put ourselves up for a promotion, and it might be one that we don't even really want, or we'll go train for that marathon. And if we really break it down, right, the reason why we're doing anything is we're really chasing the feelings we think we will have once we accomplish those things, our feelings that are, you know, true both for ourselves and in how we measure ourselves compared to others. But, you know, what ultimately happens when we achieve those things, those feelings are very fleeting. And I wonder how much white knuckling and how much, you know, lack of resting, lack of play, did you do in order to get there? A final thing I'll share with you on how we got here is that there's always going to be more stuff than we can do than is reasonable. And this is true, again, of humans in general, but it also has some really important parts to look at when you are someone who's kind of in, you know, the, the top tier, someone who is leading the team. As a physician, 
you have the highest level of licensure compared to your other teammates who are not physicians. And you can always be doing things that people with much less training can do around you. You can send your own faxes. You can type up all your notes. You can put the labels on your own specimens. You can call your own prior authorizations. You can do all of those things, but should you? It's very easy to fall into a pattern where you keep doing all of the things and you don't hand off tasks to others. And of course, there's huge caveats here. Sometimes you don't literally have the staff to do those jobs. Sometimes all of the other staff is brand new and doesn't know how to do those things. Sometimes they're really unreliable, but sometimes you're also someone who likes to have a lot of control and you aren't willing to give it up. But when we are doing things that others could do for us, that others could do in partnership with us, we are not using our time in an effective way. And if we think about the cost of this, where does that leave you in terms of being effective with your physician work, with the work that only you can do? Do you have the energy and the bandwidth after you know, doing those little tasks that you need for the decisions you need to make, for the tough conversations you need to have? So many of my physician colleagues, and I've been here myself, you know, are walking around feeling totally drained but they're also doing a lot of things that they could be passing off. And again, there are very real reasons why we might not pass those things off, but sometimes those reasons are really only in our brain, like wanting to have the control or um, you know, feeling like, like you'll disappoint someone if you ask them to help you. So, not only that, not only, you know, in those specific examples of our physician work, but also there's just too much that we can do in general. You could choose to learn a new language and, you know, get really invested in that, you know, with the idea of, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to serve my patients in a better way, or I don't know, maybe, maybe travel. You could get additional board certifications, and I'll just list a handful addiction medicine, lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, obesity medicine, adolescent medicine, all of these secondary board certifications that are really exploding in popularity. And, you know, I'm totally guilty. I absolutely did get a second board certification in obesity medicine, but I know now that at least some part of it was me wanting to feel the accomplishment of doing something more, of doing something extra. Right. So there's always these opportunities to do these extra things that, you know, we we imagine are going to make us feel a certain way. It's going to make us feel more valuable. It's going to make us feel more accomplished. It's going to, you know, bump us up in comparison to our peers, that kind of thing. So just to say that there is so much that you could do, there's always going to be more than you can reasonably do. And the point here is really to look at 
you know, how did we get to this place where we're so, so busy? And if this is hitting a nerve with you, there's a good reason. Because you, like me, are probably strongly wired with a bias towards doing. But I want to ask you this. How are you doing? Is the busyness serving you? More likely than not, it's doing something. It's helping other humans. It's saving the world, right? We're, we're healing, you know, human disease. Um, it's making you the doctor that all the clinic staff come to first with their questions because you're always going to help. But what I want to know is what about you? How is it serving helping you? Do you get the rest you need at nighttime? Are you able to shut down your brain? Can you sit still and handle boredom without reaching for your phone? or jumping up to go do something else to you know, grab your list and check off another box. Can you relax when you go on vacation, assuming that you aren't bringing work with you, which again, so many people end up doing. There is a cost to all of this busyness and it has really taught your brain and your peripheral nervous system that it needs to constantly be in motion, motion, excuse me, or something is wrong. It has taught your brain to seek dopamine from accomplishment and praise more so than simple pleasures like curling up with a good book or going for a walk outside in nature. More likely than not, it is telling your brain also that your worth as a human is connected with how much you get done which is not really a belief that most of us want for ourselves, right? Do we want to feel that our value and our worth are connected to how much we accomplish or that they're just innate to us, right? That we as human beings are innately worthy, that we are innately valuable no matter what. I think it's time for us to give ourselves permission to stop. And for better or for worse, you are the only one who has the ability to decide to do less. No one can do that for you. Even if you were fired and they kicked you out of the building, you can still go off into the world and do a bunch of stuff. You can go accomplish a bunch of things. It's a habit. It's not simply a consequence of the particular job or position that you have right now. It's a habit and it needs to be unlearned. Now, is it fun to break up with habit? Not for most of us. And for something like this, where the habit of productivity seems like it should be good, there's an extra layer of difficulty here because others especially may gaslight us into believing that we can do it all, that we're just amazing human beings and it seems like it's no big deal that things um, you know, won't work out if we stop doing them, right? People can share a lot of fear that everything will fall apart uh, if we stop over-functioning. We'll also have to handle the discomfort of boredom and the discomfort of saying no to people. We're gonna have to be willing to disappoint people if you have thought about this before, you know, thought about trying to stop 
you know, sort of people pleasing to stop taking on so much, you've probably bumped up against these things before, right? Where people were disappointed in you. Um, you know, people didn't like you saying no, um, where it was hard to just sit and be still when you know that you could be doing something else, right? All of these things are normal and they aren't a sign that you're doing anything wrong. It's really important to understand that because if, you're, if your default thinking is telling you that if you have these discomforts, um, you know, that if people are upset with you that you're wrong, then you're going to go right back to doing things the way that you always have done. They're not wrong. You know, just like when we're working on, on boundaries, we also have to be willing to disappoint some people. We have to be willing to put ourselves first. And when people are upset, it's really more of a reflection on them. They are used to having you do the things. And of course they want that because as humans, we all want to conserve energy, right? We'd rather somebody else do the heavy lifting, but them wanting you to do the heavy lifting isn't a sign that you should be the one who's doing that. It's simply a reflection of their wants and desires based off of their own needs. So how do we get started with this work? You know, I think it really starts with looking at your days and seeing how many moments are filled with busyness and hustle and probably frustration and irritability, right? Often when we are doing so many things, we aren't feeling very good, right? We might be feeling overwhelmed, anxious, hurried, stressed. So identifying those moments and then making a decision a conscious choice about what's important for you to do, you specifically, what can be done by other humans, even if there's some discomfort with asking them to take that on. And there's probably some things on your list that aren't really important at all that you are in the habit of doing, but if they didn't get done, the world would keep spinning. I don't wanna say that this process is easy, but it can be as simple as this. Simple as looking at the areas in your day where you're frustrated and overwhelmed by the amount of stuff on your plate, really examining it, questioning it, being curious about it. What is necessary for me to do and something that only I can do? And what could other people be helping me with? And what doesn't need to happen at all? This comes up a lot for my physician clients who are parents and feel a lot of pressure to uh, have everything kind of just so for their kids, like, you know, making sure that the uh, birthday party, uh, you know, cups and plates and napkins all match. Does that really matter? Probably not. Is it going to be the lasting memory that makes or breaks that kid's birthday party? Probably not. Do you really want to believe that that's the make or break? Or is it more important that, you know, people have fun and there's a lightheartedness and a silliness about it? I digress a little bit, but it, these little, these little areas come up with it a lot. And it's very easy for us to spin down the rabbit hole 
into our perfectionist habits and really thinking that all of these things are necessary. So I do wanna share something that happened this week with the participants in my current group of women physicians. We are you know, working in general on cutting out the habit of perfectionism, but this week we were talking specifically about boundaries. And what happened after our session is they each started digging into areas of their work where they wanted to stop taking on extra stuff. So extra meetings that got added to their day, but don't work with their schedules. Extra patients that they are habitually squeezing in at lunchtime or at the end of the day, even though it's not, it's not helping them, the physicians in any way, and they often end up feeling quite resentful about it. All of them decided to say enough. And they each took very simple, decisive actions to say no to those things. And I'm happy to share that they are all living to tell the tale and they're all celebrating with each other. It was really quite um, magical, you know, which is not a term I use often, but, you know, here is this group of women physicians who were all committed to saying no, and they were all celebrating each other and supporting each other and everyone survived. They did it. This is work that I've done and you can do it too. And it starts with the choice to make a change. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that this has been helpful. And I hope that you will decide to join us in laying down your toxic productivity sword. What happens when you spend less time doing busy work, less time saying yes, being in meetings that you don't need to be in and running errands that you don't need to run? I do have to share that that puts you into a next problem of needing to practice stillness maybe going to bed earlier, and maybe finding natural dopamine hits that serve you. Like I mentioned, you know, curling up on the, on the couch with a good book or, you know, catching up with a friend or walking outside and just enjoying the sounds of nature. But that's all for a different episode. So if you are interested in doing this work, if you have questions for me, please reach out to me at healthierforgood at gmail.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.